Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Merry Christmas! My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I'm uh, glad to see all of you here today uh, for this third installment in our message series, Overlooked. Um, I remember a few years ago uh, when Ben, my son, was first learning how to play baseball. I mean, I'll tell you, man, that kid was cute playing baseball with his, you know, cap and his shirt and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he was just learning how to throw and how to catch and how to hit and how to run the bases, that kind of thing. I was his coach that year um, when he was playing five-year-old baseball. But I'm telling you, it was a really, yeah, I know, seriously, I know, it's awesome. It was a super busy year that year. That was the year that we at Parkway Fellowship, we were um, in the throes of building this building. We were in the process of moving the church, relocating the church from Sick Ranch High School to this location, uh, relocating all the offices, uh, preaching every weekend. I'm telling you, it was a busy, busy, busy time. Well, I remember one, one particular day, because normally I'd come home from work and we would throw the baseball. Like, that's, we did that like every day. Uh, I remember one particular day, I was on the way home, and I had to go to a, 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 a finance meeting, you know, right after work to, you know, talk about the financing for this building, this property. Um, I went home, and I had 10 minutes I just wanted to go home for 10 minutes and just, you know, just relax, let my mind clear a little bit, and then, you know, head out the door to this meeting. Well, I walk in the door, and, uh, and there on the couch is Ben. He's sitting there waiting for me. He has his baseball cap on. He has his shirt on. He has his baseball pants on, his cleats, his glove, and my glove. And he says, hey, dad, want to go play some catch? And, you know, and it's one of those moments that, you know, it, it's kind of freezes in time. And you've got like, you've got that split second to, you know, make that decision, you know. And so I look over to my smile and I said, hey, bud, some other time. I've got a meeting I need to get to. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Golly, man. Y'all are like, oh. I mean, really? God, I, seriously? I am not that hard-hearted. I mean, really? Come on. No. I said, sure, bud. Let's go. But let's go right now because I've got a meeting to go to later. So we went outside and we were around the corner to the field. And we, you know, played baseball and then, you know, played some catch. We had a great time. It was awesome. But I tell you what, I thought a lot about that day. I thought a lot about that day because I almost missed an opportunity that I would have later regretted. I almost missed an opportunity that I would have later regretted um, because playing catch wasn't in my mind at all of what I wanted to do that day. But I responded to Ben's invitation. And if I hadn't responded to that invitation... 
I would have missed an opportunity. In fact, I almost did miss that opportunity that day. Not, not because I was a bad person, but because I was really busy. You know, and I think about each one of us. I think about us. And I wonder how many times we miss opportunities that we would later on regret. Not because we're bad people, but because we're busy. And I'm not talking primarily about playing catch with your kids or doing activities with your kids. I'm actually primarily talking about getting involved with those opportunities that God gives you to join in with him in the work that he's doing in the world all around us, all the time. That's probably what we're talking about. And I wonder how many times we miss the opportunity to get involved with what God is doing. Not, again, not because we're bad, but because we're busy. And sometimes we're so busy, we don't even hear God's invitation to join him. I mean, it would have been like me walking in that day and not even seeing Ben, but not also not even hearing him and just walking right past him and then walking right back out. And I wonder how many times God is calling us and inviting us and we don't even hear him inviting him, inviting us to join with him in the work that he's already doing. And see, the danger for us is that we become so busy that we don't hear God and we miss those opportunities. And look, and we're all busy, right? I mean, we're all busy. We have so much to do. I mean, we got so much stuff to do at work. I mean, we've got deals to close. We've got um, kids' activities of, you know, football and basketball and soccer and band and dance and, you know, homework that needs to be done. And then there's cleaning that's got to be picked up. There's laundry that's got to be folded. There's dinner that's got to be picked up at the drive-thru. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that we have to do all the time. And we're so incredibly busy. But the danger is, is that we get so busy in our little world that we miss God's invitation to get involved in what he's doing in the world all around us. And there was a person in the Bible that missed God's opportunity to get involved in what he was doing all around. It was the innkeeper. It was the innkeeper at the inn in Bethlehem when Mary and Joseph showed up that very first Christmas night. He was so busy and so involved at running his business and all of the people that were coming to stay at his inn that he missed God's invitation to be involved in the most significant event in human history up until that point. Go ahead and pull out your message notes. Let's look at the story real quick. It's in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Luke chapter 2, verse 4 says this. It says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I mean, we read that and we think, oh, well, I mean, there was no room for them in the inn. I mean, so they had to go to the stables. I mean, I mean, 
what could the innkeeper do? All right, he would help them if he could, but clearly his hands were tied. Well, that's not entirely true. Because in that culture, it was a common practice that if you saw a traveler needing shelter, that you would do whatever it took to take them in, give them a meal and a place to sleep for the night so that the next morning they would be on their way. And people in that culture, if they saw travelers, they would do exactly that often at great expense to themselves. Additionally, it's, although we don't know this for sure, it was very likely that the innkeeper and his family lived at the inn. And so they would have had a room, maybe even two, that they would have lived in, that would have been for their family, that they would not have rented out. And so it would have been very easy for the innkeeper, when they saw Mary and Joseph, to do something about it. And honestly, a New Testament Jewish person reading this story, when it gets to the part where it says, there's no room for them in the end, they would have read that story and they'd have been shocked. I mean... The very idea that this innkeeper would turn away travelers, especially a young couple about to have a baby, it it was almost scandalous. I mean, the innkeeper could have easily have said, hey, you know what? You guys, you come in, you take our bed, we'll sleep on the floor. Or how about you guys, you come take our room and me and my family, we'll go out in the stable. That's what should have happened. And that's what people in that culture would have expected to see happen. But the innkeeper was so busy and he was so self-absorbed that the opportunity that God gave him to be part of the birth of his son passed him by. Primarily because he never heard God's invitation to be a part of what he was doing in the world. And so... The baby Jesus wasn't born at the inn. He was born in the stables. And the innkeeper missed it. He missed it. And so I think we need to ask ourselves this question. That when God presents us with opportunities to be involved with the things that he is doing in this world, what can we do to make sure that we don't miss out? Well, here's the first thing that we can do. And that is this. I need to put others before myself. I need to put others before myself. Look what Philippians chapter 2 says. He says, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition, ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, I want you to underline this, consider others better than yourselves. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So let me ask you a very simple question. Do you consider other people better than yourself? Do you consider other people better than yourself? Seriously, do you? Now, most of us think other people are nice, but they're not better. I mean, really. I mean, other people, I mean, other people are good to have around, but they're not better than us, right? I mean, but if everyone in this room if we think that we're better than everyone else in this room, 
Well, somebody in this room has got to be wrong, right? Well, the truth is, we're all wrong. We're all wrong in our thinking. Because look, if you want to follow what the Bible says, then you have to really, genuinely start thinking that other people really are better than you. Now, they might not be a better singer than you. They might not be as good at math than you. They might not be as athletic as you. But what he's talking about here is that you have to get to the place in your life where you believe that other people have certain significant qualities instilled in them by God that you don't have. And those qualities are needed and vital in the world, in our community, even in in our own church. And even if you don't even know what those qualities are and you can't see them right away, you have to trust that, you know what, they are there. And that person has the capacity to do something that far outstrips anything that you could do. And when you come to understand and believe that, truly believe that about someone, it is at that point that you begin to value them differently and see them as better than yourself. That is what this verse is talking about. And when you begin to think of others as better than yourself, that is when you can begin to see God working in the world around you. Look what this next verse says later on in that very same chapter. Verse 13, it says, For it is, underline this, God who is at work in you. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. See, look, God is at work. He's at work at you, just like he's at work in the people all around you. But sometimes you're so filled with yourself, so self-absorbed, continuing to believe that you're better than everybody else, but you know what? You're polite enough to hide it so that other people don't really see how incredibly conceited you are, okay? As long as you maintain that posture, chances are you'll never see God at work all around you. You'll miss out on God's invitations, you won't be able to see what he's doing all around you because you can't see past you. You'd be like the innkeeper who is so self-absorbed and so busy doing the things that would benefit him that he missed the son of God being born right out back. So let me ask this. How can you start seeing other people better than yourself? I mean, come on. Enough of the guilt trip, Pastor Mike. How do I start seeing other people better than myself? Here's how you do it. You start seeing other people better than yourself when you are willing to inconvenience yourself for someone else. It's when you're willing to inconvenience yourself for someone else. Because if you truly consider someone better than you, you'll inconvenience yourself for that other person. The innkeeper could have inconvenienced himself and his family for Mary and Joseph. You could inconvenience yourself for someone else. Now, that could look like a thousand different things. I mean, you know, it could look, look like, you know, maybe you loan somebody something and they don't bring it back. Or they don't bring it back when you ask them to. Or when they bring it back, it's broken and they don't offer to replace it. You inconvenience yourself by not making it a big 
deal. You inconvenience yourself when there's someone in your small group that has a real need. And you say, you know what? I'm gonna, even though I'm incredibly busy, even though I've got tons of commitments, even though I've got things I need to do, I will be inconvenienced to go and help them. You inconvenience yourself when maybe someone on your volunteer team here at this church, you know, at the last minute needs to be off for some part of the holiday season. And it's not your time to volunteer. You know, you're not on that rotation for that week, but you inconvenience yourself. I say, you know, even though, yeah, I'd like to be off for the holidays, I can fill in and so I will. Why? Because I see them as better than myself. See, when you're willing to be inconvenienced, that's an indicator that you have now adopted this biblical mindset. And when you're not willing to be inconvenienced, you're just not there yet. Like the innkeeper. Now, another question. How do you know when when God is inviting you to be a part of his work? Here's the, get this. A lot of the times, God's invitation to be a part of his work is disguised in the invitation to be inconvenienced to help someone else. Think about the innkeeper for just a second. If he truly considered other people better than himself, his invitation and opportunity to be inconvenienced for the sake of Mary and Joseph was God's invitation for him to be involved in the birth of his son. The innkeeper would have had no way to know it on the front end. He would have only realized it on the back end. And a lot of the same thing applies to you and me, is that a lot of times God's invitation to us to become involved in his work is disguised in in our invitation and opportunity to be inconvenienced for someone else. And we don't always see that as an invitation to be a part of what God is doing, we would only realize that on the back end, not the front end. And so as I read the story and I think about it, I think, wow, God, when I'm willing to be inconvenienced because I truly believe someone's better than me, that is your invitation to be involved in what you're doing somehow in the world all around me, even though I don't always see it. By putting other people better than yourself, that is a way to never miss out on what God is doing. Okay, now if all that wasn't convicting enough, okay. There is a second thing that we need to consider this morning, okay? Number two in that is this, is that when God is at work, join him in any capacity, When I see God at work or I get that invitation to join him, I need to join him in any capacity at all. Look what John chapter 5 says. It's an incredibly insightful verse. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. And underline the rest of verse 19. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. Look, bottom line, Jesus knew that God was always at work in the world and Jesus was committed to doing what he saw his heavenly father doing in the world all around him. 
So whether it was healings or realigning people's beliefs to the Bible or calling sinners to be righteous, whatever God was doing, wherever he was working, Jesus was a part of it. That's what this verse is saying here. Look, and the same applies to you and to me. When you see God at work, you should join him in any capacity possible, okay? Think about the incubator for just a second. Let's go back to that. He was so busy that he didn't see God at work around him. Why? Well, because he didn't consider other people better than themselves. But what if he did? And what if he had decided to join in what God was doing? What if instead of being so consumed with his own affairs that the innkeeper really considered other people better than himself? And when Mary and Joseph showed up at the door, he, because he considered them better than himself, he was willing to be inconvenienced and he offered them his room and he and his family went out into the stable. Think of how different the story would be at that point. The, the story would not be about how Mary and Joseph were turned away at the end and had to go out of the stables. The story would be about how an innkeeper and his family made personal sacrifices to welcome the birth of the Son of God into the world. And the innkeeper, instead of being the goat, would have been the hero. I mean, think about how that story would have changed because he would have been involved in God's work in any capacity. And the same is true for you and for me. If we would be willing to be involved in God's work in any capacity, God would do something great through us. But the innkeeper didn't consider himself better than others, others, and he did not get involved in what God was doing in any capacity. It was almost as if he chose a business meeting instead of playing catch. That's what he did. The Lord is at work all around us. He's at work, honestly, he's at work in every area of this church. He's at work in the kids' ministry, with teenagers, with the adults in this church. The Lord is reaching people for Christ. Did you know that so far this year, uh, as of last Sunday, 436 people have become Christ followers at this church in 2012? How about that? 436 Now look, that is reaching the lost at any cost and starting down the road to growing towards maturity. That's what that is. That's amazing. So look, wherever you see God at work, join in in whatever capacity you can. Look, if you are not, I'll tell you this, if you're not involved in volunteering here at Parkway Fellowship, you're pulling an innkeeper. I'm telling you, you're pulling an innkeeper. You need to get involved where the Lord is already at work, changing lives here at Parkway Fellowship. And it doesn't matter what you do. You need to get involved in any capacity. But being involved here at church is not the only thing that you can do to get involved in what God's doing in the world. Another thing that you can do um, this Christmas is to get involved by um, giving a child a present through the giving tree. Outside in the foyer, we've got two trees. They have little paper ornaments on it just like this. This one is actually for a girl. Um, There's some for boys, and then there's also some for teenagers, and there's instructions on the back. What we want you to do is, we want to give you an opportunity because Parkway Fellowship has partnered with a group called Servant uh, of of the Nations, 
And we are partnering to give poor kids in inner city Houston to have one Christmas present this season. When they probably won't have any if it weren't for this. And so God's doing something here. Get involved. Take one of these on your way out. You need to bring that gift back to the church by Wednesday night, I think before 7 o'clock. The instructions are here for you. But bring it back here Wednesday before 7. And then we will get all those to serve in other nations so that they can get them to those needy families. Another thing that you can do, get involved in, in a place that God is already at work, is to get involved through our annual Christmas offering that we're doing here at Parkway Fellowship. Our annual Christmas offering will benefit four groups. World Vision, KD Christian Ministries, our own member benevolence fund, and Love 146. Now, Love 146, if you've been here the last two weeks, you know this. It is an organization that rescues little girls out of human trafficking, out of brothels, and puts them in a safe house called a round home where they are safe and they receive counseling and they get their lives back. And I'll tell you, God is at work in Love One through this organization, Love 146. I want to show you a short video about a success story of what God is doing through this organization. And then I'll come wrap it up. They were very poor, but she came from a normal family. She approached by a lady from Manila who offered her a job in a department store. And uh, this was one of those times when they thought this is a gift from God, this opportunity. Instead of taking her to a department store, the woman brought her to a brothel instead. She was subjected to the most horrific things. Uh, she has uh, very good English and she's very attractive and this made her extremely popular which worked uh, tremendously against her. Her family went looking for her because they did not hear anything about her. Her brother and her father had tried to get her out of the brothel when they found out where she was. And they turned up at the brothel, um, announced who they were and that they'd come to get her back. And they just were blocked out of the, the brothel, which was absolutely devastating. She was freed from that situation because there was a raid by the police. When she first arrived, she was withdrawn and she was crying all the time. But uh, little by little, she opened up and participated in the activities of the safe home. Eventually, her real self emerged. It was, it's a beautiful self. It's a self that is concerned for other people. And when the proper time came, after assessments, we finally brought her home. I'm fully recovered of everything. The day that she was reunited, I wasn't there, but I've heard the story that her blind mother just hung on to her and um, just uh, wouldn't let her go, just said, my baby, my baby, my baby. I love him very much. Yung gagawin niya po kung ano po yung kaya niyang gawin tayo. Of everything they'd been through and the fact that they'd had this daughter torn away and they finally had her back. She had had this, 
this real smile, not, not a fake smile that she'd had to give men for years. Naging maganda po yung buhay ko. The fact that she was free and she'd started this new life, it was an utterly touching moment. And she went over to her mother, put her arms around her, her mum, and just started to sob. I started crying, I couldn't deal with it. Couldn't deal with it, I had tears dripping off my chin. But that was the kind of moment that it was. Turns big men into babies. Awesome is that. That's the kind of stuff that God is doing through this organization, Love 146. God is using this organization. He's already at work there, rescuing little girls and giving them their life back. And when you participate in the Christmas offering this year, you are participating with God in stories just like this all over the world. And you might not know what those stories are here on the front end, but when you get to heaven on the back end, you'll get to see what God has done. Our goal for the Christmas offering this year is $75,000. So far, after two weeks, we've collected $21,122. That is awesome. We're off to a great start, I'm telling you. Yeah, you can applaud that. That is fabulous. Now, giving this offering is in addition to your regular support of Parkway Fellowship. I'm telling you, when you give to this offering, or when you participate in the giving tree outside, or when you volunteer here at the park, or when you start considering other people better than yourself and inconveniencing yourself on their part, when you do any or all of those things, you are becoming involved in what God is doing in the world. And you might not always see it on the front end, but I'm telling you, it's there. And so how do you not miss out on what God is doing? It starts by considering other people better than yourself. To the point where you're willing to be inconvenienced. And secondly, it means that you get involved in the things that God is already doing in the world. And when you do those two things, unlike the innkeeper, you'll never miss out on what God's doing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And on the card and on the notes, I want you to indicate the next step or steps you're willing to take today based on what God has inspired you to do. And maybe it's this first one. I make a commitment to get out of at least one of my commitments so that I don't miss God working all around me. Because the truth is, maybe you're just too busy and you need to get out of something. Next. I commit to actually start considering other people as better than myself. Would you do that? Next, contact me about volunteering in some capacity at Parkway Fellowship. Let me, let me tell you this. First off, you don't have to be a member to check this box. We have tons of, member, of people that are not members that are involved here. And second off, I, I know, like it's holiday season, we know. We'll probably make it initially contact you by email. So make sure your information on the front of this card but we really don't expect you to actually start getting involved in doing anything until after the holidays, after the new year. So just realize we're not going to call you and say, hey, Christmas Eve. You know. So just that's, that's, we, get, we get that. That's part of it. Okay. All right. No, four. 
I'll take an ornament off a tree in the lobby and get a present for a poor child or teenager. Would you do that? Go take one of these ornaments off that tree in the lobby there. Next, I will support what God is doing through Love 146 by giving to the Christmas offering. Would you be a part of the group of people that have already given? I'm not asking you for an amount. I'm asking you to go home, pray, and ask God how much he wants you to give to do things like you heard, like you heard and saw today and then give. And you can give through our website. You, the envelope that you have um, has a special Christmas offering slot on it. You can check that and put your money in there. You can mail it to us. You can turn it in here in a moment, whatever you need to do. Last, I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. There's a sample prayer at the very bottom of your message notes on how to become a Christ follower. Maybe it's something you've been considering for a while, but you've just not taken that step of faith. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, don't leave here this morning without praying it. Pray it right now. Pray it right now. I want to pray for everyone in this room while Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for, um, for today. I also want to say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the world. What you're doing here at this church with bringing so many people to Christ and then helping them grow to, towards maturity. I ask that you would help all of us grow towards maturity by changing how we think of other people, by being willing to be inconvenienced, by willing willing to join you at any time that you invite us. And Father, I also pray for every girl that will be freed and will get their lives back because of what will be given at this Christmas offering this year. And so Father, I'm asking that you would use those funds to rescue as many as possible and that you would give them their life back because people in this room are willing to be financially inconvenienced because they consider these little girls in a very big way as someone better than them. So Lord, help us this Christmas time to not miss you and your invitations to join you. Help us to seize those opportunities. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.